welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. And, uh, I have been asking God where I'm supposed to go this morning, the path and the journey I'm supposed to take to get to where he wants me to go. Um, and let me tell you, it has been an exercise in reining my thoughts in. Because what I want to talk about is such a big, wide topic that I just want to go 25 different directions because, man, this is, this is a big subject and a, and a big deal. Um, but I, this morning, um, surprise, surprise, I want to talk about love. <laughs> if you haven't already figured out, that seems to be what the Father is, is wanting to minister to us lately um, with uh, Pastor Ryan sharing um, before worship. Um, Super enjoying that. I almost wish we could uh, put together a little compilation of everything that Ryan has shared um, at the start of service and put it together in one message because he's been sharing some great truths, revelations, and nuggets about the love of God. Um, Pastor Steve has been ministering to us the love of God and what it looks like in the kingdom, and I'm just going to continue on with that. So I want to start out... In Galatians 5, 6. Because one of the things that is my heart when it comes to God's kind of love is the power that is in it. And sometimes I think we, we underestimate or don't fully understand the power that is in the love of God. That it's been defined to us by... People has been defined to us by the entertainment industry. It's been defined to us by our experiences. And so all those things have um, taken this powerful thing and we've taken those experiences and movies and people and things and tried to take that and, and apply it to the love of God. Where the love of God is is so completely the word I'm looking for. Unlike anything else that it is hard for us to fully um, grasp that it doesn't maybe have some uh, y'all are just going to have to be patient with me. Because I want to be very purposeful at my words this morning. And so I'm not going to just pop something off that's not, not very specific in what I want to say. Um, but we take these other things and we try and attach it to the love of God. And that's not what the Father has asked us to do. That's not um, how we as Christians and sons of God should be learning what the love of God is. We actually have to be purposeful about re, not reje- maybe rejecting rejecting 
our experiences, rejecting uh, the way people have loved us, rejecting um, what we've been told that love is through um, entertainment and media. And like we have to, on purpose, remove those definitions and experiences from our life to truly understand the love of God and the power that is in it. So in Galatians 5, 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but, but faith which works by love. And that is such a powerful short verse. And I don't think we always put that connection together. That faith works by love. That it doesn't work any other way. Faith doesn't work by uh, muscling it through with our flesh. Faith doesn't work by confessing something 2,500,000 times. Like, love is the fuel. Without love, faith doesn't work. And we, I don't know why we have somehow separated the two into two different things. That they are not um, something that we need to put together in order to see things happen in our lives and to see, see things change in our heart. That um, I'm going to, I'm very, um, I'm not going to use the word my husband used. But I really like digging into the meanings of words. I really enjoy understanding what God says the words of the scriptures mean. Um, And so I uh, might... um, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but I might get a little, little teachy and a little definition heavy today. But it's important because there's so many times that um, I think a word means something and I'm reading it in my Bible and I'm like, oh, this scripture means this because this word means this. And then God kind of, you know, pokes at me and says, maybe you should look, look, look and see what that word means. Maybe you should dig into that word a little bit. And then I dig into that word and look. I'm totally wrong. And that scripture doesn't mean anything what I thought it meant. And that happens to me quite often. Because I take the time to dig into to the word and God's definition of those words. Um, it, it applies, like just like we're talking about this morning, defining love and what God's kind of love is. And what God says it is and not what anybody else says it is and using the word to define that. So um, when it says uh, faith which works by love, um, it is um, actually, I'm not even going to try and say the Greek word. I know Steve does that quite often, but I'm not even going to try. But it means to energize. It means to work in a situation that brings it from one stage to the next. Just like... Um, the example they gave was electrical current energizing a wire bringing light to a light bulb. It's, it, it is what takes 
the electricity to the desired end place. So in this case, love is what brings something into, brings us into faith. Without love, how can we have faith? So love is that, that conduit that um, propels us to walk in faith and to live in faith. Y'all are so patient with my silence. I love it. And I want to talk about this morning how Jesus did this for us so we could in turn do it. That Jesus, because he knew the love of God, was able to have faith to walk out everything that he walked out. Jesus did not do anything on this planet without love. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. To think that Jesus endured what he endured through his torture and crucifixion and did not do that through the power of love we're deceiving ourselves. That, that is the, I want to say, the only way that Jesus was able to endure the cross Amen. was because he understood the love of God for himself. Sorry. Um, I'm going to read, let's go to John uh, 15, 9, please. So Jesus is, is speaking and it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may, might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends, and you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. So Jesus first had to understand the love of the Father to him before he could walk out the love of the Father to the world. It is what um, gave him the ability to see beyond what his physical eyes saw on this earth. We all see things going on in our world right now. We see things going on in our world. We see things going on in our body. We see things going on in our finances. We see things maybe going on with our kids or our parents. And unless we're able to look at those things 
through God's love, we are not going to have the faith to see those things change in our hearts and our lives. There, there is a way that only love looks at things. And until we understand the love of God, we're, we're going to have these, um, these filters and these things that are clouding what God sees. Because we're not putting it through that true, honest, unfiltered love of God when we look at a situation in our lives. Um, I really loved uh, Ryan sharing this morning how that we, because we love, do not um, tolerate sickness, poverty, lack, that we, because we love, that we go after those things. Jesus went after everything that was not of love. Everything. There is nothing that Jesus didn't say, ah, I don't know if love can really really cover it. I don't know if love can, can really fix that. I don't know that because Jesus knew the love of God, he looked at everything on this earth through that. Everything. And it just blows me away that we sometimes we uh, dismiss love or we think it's um, weak. Like love is some weak thing that's just this, uh, to use someone's phrase, monkey butt powder. And then we just, we just have to be nice. That love is just being nice. But that's not what love is. That's not what God's kind of love is. Jesus, on purpose, on purpose, went out into this earth to change people's lives through the love of God. There was, there was nothing that he ever drew back from. There was no person, no situation that Jesus ever drew back from, ever, in the scriptures. And it was because he understood the love of God for him. And because he understood that he was able to give that out to everyone around him. Sorry, y'all are just going to have to give me a second. I want to go where the Father wants me to go. Okay, I'm going to go to, um, let's scoot down to Galatians 5.13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm, I'm just going to zip through... Um, five different scriptures. So the next one is 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And the Lord made you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. We are bound to God, I'm sorry, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. 
Philemon 1.5 I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. 1 John three sixteen through 18 Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for the brother. But whoso has this world's good, and sees his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwell the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth, and in truth. And I, I wanted to um, read all of those because I really want you guys to see how much God sees love and serving each other as part of an expression of our love. That the, the, the people in this room, we are called to serve each other. Through the love of God. And sometimes we think, well, they don't, they, don't, uh, they don't need me. What can I offer them? What can I give them? But you have the love of God in you. What, what, else, what more could they need than that? It's for us to say, Father, I see that, that my brother... Needs some love from you today. What does that look like from me? It's, it's so simple and we make it so complicated. But it's asking the Father, Father, how do I express your love to this person? What does that look like? What does that sound like? How can I show them your love? How can your love change their lives through me? When that becomes our question, it very easily dismisses doubt about um, what our, our abilities or our, our uh, let me put it this way, it, it takes away um, our performance dictating us being able to minister. Because we do that. I do that. I didn't I didn't do this today or I had this thought or or I I'm not I'm not Pastor Steve. <laughs> I do that one a lot. <laughs> because look at him. How could I I ever minister the way he does? But the reason he ministers the way he does is because he does it from the love of God. You you guys, I'm, I'm assuming most of you have figured this out. That the reason why our pastor is so passionate, the reason why he engages 
in some things and ruffles some feathers and gets in some sandboxes? It's because he understands the love of God. The love of God doesn't just sit by and watch people's lives get wrecked. Let people's bodies get wrecked. Let people's finances get wrecked. Let people's uh, mental states get wrecked. Love does not do that. Love engages. Love goes where nobody else is willing to go. How many times did Jesus go where nobody was willing to go? Willing to... Jesus... Some of, the, some of the people that Jesus ministered to, if we had them in our church building today, would we be able to show them the love of God and set them free? That gathering demoniac was in this building right now? You ever thought about that? That because of Jesus' love for that man, he was set free? That Jesus, Jesus didn't question anything But he said, Father, he needs your love. Let's go set him free. And we, sometimes, I don't want to say all the time, sometimes we look at that and think, there's no way. Look at that guy. He is running around naked like a crazy man. And we, we filter our ability through what we see and what we feel and we, what we think in our flesh we're capable of. And Jesus just stepped into that situation and knew who he was and knew the love of God and set that man free. And I just want you guys to really, in your hearts, believe that you have the ability on the inside of you to love, with God's kind of love, everyone that you walk across. Everyone. That there is no situation that you're going to walk into that you can't bring the love of God. No conversation, no workplace, no uh, family get-together. There is no place that the love of God cannot enter into that situation and change everything. And uh, we think we... Okay, this sounds bad. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. That we have to uh, have these uh, skill sets. I'll just put it that way. That we have to have these skill sets. That I have to, I have to, have to know the Bible, and I have to know how to pray for people, and I have to have gone to Bible college, and I have to, you know, have have been a Christian for twenty years, and then. Then I can minister the love of God to people. Then I can change people's lives. Because we've turned 
our Christian life into performance-based Christianity. Because I don't perform perfectly and do everything just right and say everything just right and think the right thoughts, that means I'm disqualified from ministering the love of God to other people. Am I the only one? Y'all are looking at me like I'm... I'm, No? Okay. (laughs) Y'all are just staring at me. But yet, look at how the disciples went after after Jesus was risen from the dead and he ministered to them and gave them the Great Commission. Do you see, I'm hoping that you guys have, have been in the, uh, the Gospels and the Acts and seen what the disciples did after they had that understanding and revelation of changing this world and helping them understand the love of God. That because they learned from Jesus, who learned from the Father, they were able to impact the world. We're here because of them. And our world is in a place right now where we need to stop holding back because we think we're unqualified. Because we think we're not good enough. Because we think that God can't possibly use me. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a teenager. What's, how can God possibly use me? Disqualifying yourself because you're young. But you're powerful. Because you have the love of God in you. Qualifying yourself because you're maybe uh, uh, on the older side. I'll just put it that way. But you're, you're maybe a little bit on the older side and you think, what do I have anymore? These young kids don't need me. But they do. The love of God knows no age limits. There's no limit. It doesn't matter your physical ability, it doesn't matter your intellectual ability the love of God go it, it makes you capable no matter uh, what your age is it makes you capable no matter how smart you are, it makes you capable no matter what your income is, it makes you capable uh, no matter where you live that's why it's so powerful, it doesn't matter the love of God doesn't Take any of that into account. We do. We take that into account. And think because of all these things that I I can't minister to people. I can't love people. And it all starts with you and us. We Understanding how much God loves us. That is the, the absolute beginning 
of all that. If you don't, if you don't understand how much God loves you, you're not going to be able to give that to other people. And I know Steve, Steve has said this so many times. He's going to keep on saying it until we get it. <laughs> Jesus understood it. Jesus understood how much God loved him. And Jesus' life and ministry is a fruit of that. And we are all we are all capable of that. I just want you guys to think about that for a second. That you, every single one of us, is capable and able to walk this earth the way Jesus did in the love of God. Amen. That we can, that you can, you have that capability on the inside of you. Once you are born again, that love of God has been deposited into your heart. It cannot be taken away. That we can impact this world and this nation and this county the way Jesus did. I want to um, go back to Galatians 5 6. And I want to talk about, uh, in the verse, we're in it, uh, okay, so for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. So faith that works by love is what's going to avail. And um, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just like, well, what does that mean? What does, what does avail mean? Again, I, li- I like looking at words. And so I want you guys to just think about that for a second. Like, we should know what this word means. Like, what does it mean to avail? What, how does faith that works by love avail? And the definition and the... Oh, this is just so awesome. So I want to share this with you all. And I want you all to hear this. This is... So faith which works by love, is embodied strength that gets into the fray. There's quotes around this. In essence, it's engaging the resistance. For the believer, it refers to the Lord strengthening them with combative, confrontive force to achieve all he gives faith for. That is, facing necessary resistance that brings what the Lord defines as success. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. I'm going to read it one more time because it's so awesome. So, faith that works by love is embodied strength that gets into the fray. In essence, it's engaging the resistance for the believer. Who's the believer? Okay. The rest of you, there's prayer ministers after head in service, and we can we can pray for you to be born again. For the believer, it refers to the Lord strengthening them with combative, confrontive force to achieve all he gives faith for. That is, facing necessary resistance 
that brings what the Lord defines as success. That was awesome. When I read that, I just thought that was so amazing. That and it just brought home to me just what I was talking about earlier, that how powerful love is. That love compels us to engage. Love compels us to actively pursue and go after what the Lord defines as success. That, that, that was like the... I don't know, the, almost the, the, firework that just went off in my heart to what is going on here in our world right now. That we have an opportunity to change this world and to live our lives in a way that God defines as successful. That love compels us to go out into this world and ruffle feathers. But I want to clarify, ruffle feathers with the love of God. Okay, we're not we're not ruffling feathers to be mean, we're not ruffling feathers to I know more than you and we're, we're proud and we're haughty and we're puffed up because that is not what love is. Right. But there is a way that we are to confront, to engage this planet and this world and this county and the schools and our job and it's through the love of God. We are called to engage, beloved. Our life is not about us. Jesus never once, never once was about self. The reason Jesus impacted the world the way he did is because he never, never was about self. Ever. And... I'll be honest, that's, um, to comprehend that uh, is uh, uh, almost beyond me, but maybe I'm using my mind instead of my heart. But to live his entire life not serving self, not doing anything to please his flesh, to please other people, that he laid down everything. And the Father is is calling us to do that, beloved. He is calling us to lay down self in this time and in this place and in this age. That can't be about us anymore. That it can't be about what we want, what we feel like doing, what our flesh is trying to tell us we need to do or not do. My flesh certainly didn't want me to be up on the stage today. 
me tell you. <laughs> but we cannot let these things dictate to us what we're going to do. So many things I want to say, and I'm trying to. Say them with purpose. I want to challenge you, but I also want to encourage you at the same time. We are not called to live like this world lives, beloved. We are not. The world needs us. And we cannot let the enemy and the doubts in our heart keep us Keep us from the people around us. We are called to love our neighbors. We're called to love our enemies. <laughs> and right now, I think I, I uh, want to say that most of us feel like we got a few enemies right now. <laughs> and we are called to love them. That is what sets us apart. It is so easy to love people that are lovely. It is so easy to love the people that love us. But when you love your enemy, that is what sets us apart. Because who does that? Who does that? Who loves their enemies? Who blesses them and doesn't curse them? Who serves them? Who loves them? Who says, can I pray for you when you're being a big fat jerk? (laughs) Who does that? We do that. Jesus did that. And if anybody had some enemies, it was Jesus. We think we've got it bad. (laughs) But we are blessed, beloved. We are so blessed. Um, talk about or just continue I guess I already kind of started talking about how um, that we need to go after and engage the kingdom manifesting itself on this earth and I want to go to Matthew eleven twelve. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And again, this might mean, not mean what you think it might mean. So I want to I wanna talk about
The violent take it by force. And that means to, to use power. Who has power? Power of God on the inside of you? Okay, only like half of you raise your hands. Again, we have prayer ministers at the end of service who would love to pray with you and help you realize that you have power on the inside of you. To use power to forcibly seize, laying hold of something with positive aggressiveness. Do you guys know that was such a thing? Positive aggressiveness? It also means to use force or to apply force. To share in the heavenly kingdom, I'm sorry, a share in the heavenly kingdom that is sought for with the most ardent zeal and the intensest exertion. There is, there is a kingdom that we are all a part of. The kingdom of heaven. And we need to be we need to seek it with the most ardent zeal and the intensest exertion because the enemy doesn't want to have anything he doesn't want any part of our lives any part of us in the kingdom of heaven and if we just sit and think it's going to fall into our laps That's exactly what the enemy wants us to think. That there, there is a, there is a pursuing, there is a, there is a, uh, a passion that we need to have to pursue and be in the kingdom of God. Because if we aren't pursuing it, if we aren't aggressively going after everything that Jesus purchased for us on the cross, then how are we going to affect change in this world? We should be on fire, pursuing, chasing after, kicking double butt for everything that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. Everything. If there is sickness going on in our body, in our kids' body, in our spouse's bodies, in our parents' bodies, we are to be aggressively going after the kingdom manifesting in their flesh. Aggressively going after that. There is no place in our flesh for anything but divine health. And we have to pursue that. We have to go after that. Our flesh is... (laughs) Our flesh. Our flesh is going to take the easy way. Our flesh is going to take the easy way. And we have to on purpose pursue the kingdom in order to make our flesh submit to what the word of God says. And I, and I know sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to be violent. Maybe some of the ladies are like, well, I don't, I'm a lady. 
not going to be silent. But the enemy is. The enemy doesn't care. The enemy is going to take things from you in any way, shape, form, manner he can. And as sons of God, we don't have a choice. And that may sound hard to some of you, but we don't have a choice. Jesus gave us the kingdom. Gave it to us. But we have to engage in it. We have to pursue it. We have to bring it to this earth. Okay, I want to go to um, 1 Corinthians 13, please. And I want to start in verse 1 because sometimes we just we skip right over and we just hop right into verse 4. And we don't really get the impact of verses 1 through 3. And they're, they, they speak so loudly to the love of God being so important. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could move mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. If we had this on our resume, right? This is, this is my, my Christian resume. I speak with the tongues of men and angels. I have the gift of prophecy. I understand all mysteries, all knowledge. I have so much faith that I can move mountains. I have bestowed all my goods to feed the poor. I gave my body to be burned. That was our, that was our Christian resume. That would be pretty impressive, huh? If that, that, was, that was my little, you know... Resume that I turned in to the pastor. But yet, that means nothing. That means nothing to the Father if we do all of that and we don't do it with love. It's, it's such a um, looked over um, verses in Scripture, but yet so impactful that... You can do all these amazing things. Things that you would get applauded for. Things that you would get put in leadership for. Things that, that you would have a huge ministry for. And God is saying, if you don't do that with love, it is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, we, and it just blows my mind that we think uh, love is this... And we think love is not the force that it is. Love is a force. It's powerful. It is mighty. And we, we just, I think we dismiss it a little too much. 
we're going after these other things. We're going after faith, but the whole time, God is saying, you're not going to have faith without love. Think about the, re- the reason we are born again is because of God's love for us and giving us his son. That, that, that's, that was our foundational entrance into the kingdom, is believing that God loved us enough to sacrifice his son for us. That was our first moment of faith, y'all. Is understanding God's love for us through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And, and I, I don't know how we got away from thinking that somehow it doesn't apply to anything else. Like the love of God not being our I want to say our fuel for faith. <laughs> if I can put it that way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish reading chapter thirteen. And I just I want to encourage y'all. to understand in a deeper way the love of God. To Y'all, there are over 200 scriptures in the New Testament about the love of God. Over 200. I I would say we probably all have a few things that we need to understand about the love of God. (laughs) So I I just want to encourage you all. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for every single one of us to understand the love of God in a more deeper way that is going to compel us and push us and Erase all doubts in our hearts that we are called to impact this world. You have to understand how much he loves you. Because when you understand how much he loves you, you want to give that love to other people. That is why our pastor is so very, very passionate. Because he understands how much God loves him and loved him despite shortcomings and failings and mistakes. And because our pastor understands the love of God for him, that is how he loves you and loves this world so passionately. And so offensively sometimes to people. (laughs) That... That is what makes him the pastor he is. And that is what's going to make you the world changer that he has created you to be. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunts not itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeks not its own. It's not easily provoked, and it thinks no evil. 
It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am also known. And now abides faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Beloved, if you could just spend some time unpacking that. That would make a world of difference in your hearts and in your lives. When I was um, just going through the scriptures and going through some things, I started to to try (laughs) to unpack that. Um, Let me just say, I I think I could spend a lifetime unpacking 1 Corinthians 13 and never come close to that chapter in our Bible. So I just, I just, I just pray that you, y'all receive from God His love. That is my heart this morning. That you guys just put away, put away, put under your feet any doubts in your hearts and your minds that you are completely loved by the Father. That he, he sees you in a way that only God can see you. And you need to receive what he sees. All right, I, I love you all. I hope that this ministered to your hearts. And that you're going to walk away encouraged and empowered to love this world the way God asks you to love them. Amen. So if y'all would please stand. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things, that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health, prospering your body. And all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your personality to 
be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you, and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.